raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. And they say you shouldn't ever meet your idols uh, because you know, they, they could always end up being a disappointment. Uh, that wasn't the case for me when I finally met, all those years ago, John Blackman. G'day, Blackers. Oh, you say the nicest things, Simon. I'm, I'm the same way with meeting you. <laughs> I, I'm very impressed. So well, there we go. We've got two idols meeting each other. Well, actually, I, was, I should have done a bit of prep for this in that uh, I've, I've actually got a cassette of me ringing you at the age of 13. So it was 1984. I used to ring up and plague you at 5.30 each morning when you'd come on uh, on 3AW Breakfast. Uh, You'd you'd have a half an hour before Uncle Roy would get in and you'd just take calls. And I'd just ring you up and ask you inane questions just so I could talk to John Blackman. Did you ring up as Simon or did you ring up? Under a pseudonym. No, no, I, r- I rang up as Simon, and you and my voice had broken at the age of thirteen, and uh, and you you uh, were impressed by how deep my voice was because it was deeper than Mung's, who was of <laughs> course Darren James, who was your panel operator at the time. Wasn't deeper than Ray Lawrence's. <laughs> no, oh no, no, no. I, could... I was I, I was very impressed because I I went to the three AW Radio College and uh, I was sitting up practicing in one of the studios and Ray has knocked on the door and I've, uh, I've said, I recognized him as Ray. And he said, uh, John, do you mind if I come in here and just do a quick commercial? I said, Oh no, no, not at all. Mr. Mr. Lawrence. So he said, thanks very much. I'll only be half a minute. And he did a, um, a new Oakley motors commercial in 30 seconds in one take. Yeah. And, and I was very impressed. And, and I thought when I grow up, when, when I get a job on radio, I want to sound just like Ray, and uh, I, I did until somebody told me, you know, something. You sound just like Ray Lawrence. You know, why don't you be yourself? So, and that was Dennis Gibbons, the late Dennis Gibbons. So, yes. uh, but uh, but I, he really, I mean, he was the drop. You know, the, he was a dead set. Uh, um, you know, he was a dead set professional. Yes, a, a lovely, lovely gentleman too. Always polite, and I'd found anyway. So, oh yes. Yes, yes, absolutely, and uh, of course he was. I think he was uh, Norman Banks's uh, right-hand man there for a while, was he not? Uh, that would be right. Yes, definitely that era. So yes, uh, so you did the the three AW radio school class, did you, with Dennis Gibbons? Dennis Gibbons and a whole lot of other guys whose names I forget because I don't know whether you uh, read about this or heard about this. I about five years ago. I had a 12-hour operation, and very much like the one John Farnham went through, the same procedure. Yes. Uh, except uh, I think it was to do with his tongue, but in my case it was to do with, oh, I don't know. Oh, no, my chin, that's right. It was, uh, I had this, uh, B, uh, no, I, I've got to get this right, The this SCC, which is a squamous cell carcinoma. I'm giving you an anatomy lesson here, Simon. <laughs> Um, uh, which uh, is one of the more serious melanomas you can have. Uh, I mean, but it's a, various, a variant of the melanoma. I was advised by a, well, <laughs> a well-known dermatologist. He said, stop giving out the wrong information. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not you. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, yes, you're a patient, not a PR man for doctors. 
Well, exactly, exactly. And as that tired old joke that Ross Stevenson keeps doing, I when I when I before I got into radio, I was going to be a mechanic, and now I are one. <laughs> I don't know how I, I don't know how he phrases it, but I. You've got to stop doing that, Ross. <laughs> now, the um, the operation five years ago, not your first bout with uh, with a, a dangerous uh, health, uh, which I've, I've phrased oh. very badly. But you you had a you had a, a stroke, didn't you? Type thing. There was a golf ball in your head or something. Oh, I seem to remember. Right. Yes, yes, that was called a meningioma, and uh, I don't know whether you know whether the meninges is and no it's not a mountains range in the himalayas it's uh, it's the sack of fluid between your brain and your scone you know the hard bit and the uh, the the soft bit um and i i just developed a uh, well a golf size well, what did we do before golf balls? What did we do before the golf ball was invented? <laughs> we had, oh, yeah, the, the hail was so, so you know, hard, it was like as big as a golf ball. Yeah, we had nothing to measure hail by, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but that, that was a minor thing, and um, strangely enough, the chap that operated on me for that um, operated on me oh, not, not so very long ago. In fact, on my birthday last year, Something else grew up there, Simon. Oh, so I've had two, I've had one, two, three operations on my scone, and uh, the one that was growing uh, on my birthday twelve months ago, uh, I had a craniotomy. Now you're going to say, what in the hell is a craniotomy? Yeah. Well, let, let me tell you because I did a talk just recently down on the uh, Mornington Peninsula to the Fight Parkinson's Peninsula Support Group. And uh, I did it with Cecile, funnily enough. We've become the <laughs> – I shouldn't laugh at this because I, I know she listens. We've become the new Bert and Patty Newton. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Except, dear, dear Patty, she doesn't have Bert anymore and, yes. and we don't either. I, I used to say to uh, Bert – well, I, I used to say to Bert, you know, you're my hero. And when he died, I said to Patty, I'm going to keep the funeral – um, what do they call it? Catalog or program? Yeah, on my coffee table in front of the television. So Bert and I watch television every night together. So oh, that's lovely. That, yeah. Well, anyway, where, where were we? See, Did, I ramble. Yeah, I, I ramble. Now. Look, I, I've lost track too, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I enjoy that in a conversation. So, did you and Bert ever actually work together? No. 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 Uh, no. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because no, Bert. Well, he had lots of on-air partners. Uh, but my um, on-air partners were Bruce Mansfield, mm-hmm. and then when I left 3AW, I think I Pete Smith. Yeah. And then who um, who actually Pete and I wrote many episodes of Dickie and the Professor. Now, if you can get your hands on those, oh. um, it's like a gold mine to you, Simon, because I know you're the the uh, historian for 3AW. Yes. Um, but um, I, I don't know how many we did, and I don't know where. Oh, that's right. I had a computer crash, and I think I lost everything. But people no. have. Oh. But but uh, yeah, I mean, there was. They, I think we did as many uh, Dicky and the professors as we did story time. I I will I will have to. Uh, do you know if Pete's got them? I'll have to get onto him and see if. Well, he probably has. You know, if you gave him a ring, and and everybody anybody else wants to give Pete a ring, here's his number zero four one. 
but he would he would have them, and uh, they're they're pretty worthwhile. I think I bagged three AW a couple of times, but not directly. You know what I mean? No, well, I, use, I use use euphemisms. Yes, no, well that's fair enough too. Yeah, why not? Which are, which are we? Because you never know. I might come back to three AW. You never know. Uh, now, yeah. the um, so uh, Pete Smith as a partner, uh, Wilbur Wild. I know you partnered for a while as well. Oh, that's right. Yes, how do I forget? How could I forget Wilbur quite easily? <laughs> I, 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 suffer, I, you know what I'm suffering from is uh, what's a P O um, P O P O B P O B? No, no, P O P O L. Uh, uh, Post operative loss of memory. I've forgotten. More than I've remembered. Yes. Um, and the, the funny thing is with that, Simon, of course, you know, I've had all those specials with Hey Hey It's Saturday. And I did every Hey Hey It's Saturday, um, more than Daryl, in actual fact, because when he went overseas, he'd put a stand in. Yeah, Rich, Richard Stubbs would host and, yeah. yeah and and um, Shirley Strawn, may he rest in peace, he hosted one night. And, uh, oh, and, and um, Doug... Uh, no, uh, what's a, what's a guy's name? See, you see, off my memory's going now. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I had a whole host of them. But I did every one. Yep. So I must have seen all of these acts that came on Red Faces, and you know, all of the acts that came on Hey Hey It's Saturday. And I'm sitting there, and it's like I'm watching. I'm like a guy with dementia. I'm watching them for the first time. You know, yeah. it's like you know, people joke about people with dementia make lots of new friends uh, <laughs> when they're talking with their old friends. I'm sitting there and I don't remember any of it. So I'm getting a great deal of enjoyment out. Or I did get a great deal of enjoyment out of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, and I found uh, with this talk that I gave to the uh, Parkinson's people, um, they all love me. They all, and, and Cecile got up and she's actually better than me, <laughs> public speaking. Is that right? Well, yeah, she said, I'm not good at public speaking. I said, yes, you are. I'll just interrupt. I'll just interject like I did on Hey Hey at Saturday. Uh, but she, um, we rehearsed in the car going down because I said, oh, you'll, you'll be all right and I'll remember everything. And she, um, she, so we got there and we started talking. It was about, about 60, 70 people. Um, and uh, she proceeded to introduce on oh, no, so I uh, Yeah, that's right. She introduced me. She, and she went off and did a whole routine uh, without me. And she <laughs> stole a lot of my material. But she, we were rehearsing in the car. It was very, very funny. So I, I got up and said, well, unfortunately, folks, you know, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's Cecile stolen all of my material. So uh, I'll see you again some other time. Now finish your drinks and get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, well, Cecile also has a radio background, of course, and including being one of uh, the 3AW Night Owls. Oh, yes, yes. Is that where and, you met? Uh, uh, no, that's we met in Canberra, actually. She thought I was tall, dark and handsome when she was listening to me on 2CA. Yes. And you know what you say? You said right at the beginning, you ne never meet your heroes. Well, never meet the person on radio you think is tall, dark and handsome. All right, now it's your turn, Simon, to ask me a question because I haven't been on radio for a while. Uh, well, let's let's go back to the very beginning of John Blackman's first gig in radio. Uh, so you did the um, you, you did the course, uh, but yes. where, but where where was the first posting? Uh, well, you see, I figured, Simon, because I did ask Dennis Gibbons. Now, what do I do when I finish the course? He said, "Well, you send off audition tapes." 
and he suggested that I send them off to the furthest um, radio station that I could think of. What's 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 furthest? It's a wrong word anyway. The most far-flung radio station because they'd be the most desperate, and you're more likely to get a positive <laughs> response from them. So. I thought, oh, gee, um, is uh, Darwin far enough? He said, oh, no, probably not far enough. I said, well, that's, you know, that's the furthest point from Melbourne. But I finished up sending a tape to 2GN Goldman, and they, um, they, they fell for it. They thought, oh, this guy's not too bad. So uh, that was my first, um, I suppose, radio station, my first shift, and I uh, – I got off the train at uh, Goldman Station. I was read by, met by Bill Barnes, who I think is long gone. Yeah, and um, he was uh, <laughs> he was your typical radio station program manager from the country. And he said, uh, uh, "Right, we'll get you to the hotel, John, and then we'll go to the Rizzle." And I said, "The Rizzle?" He said, "The RSL." Oh yeah, said, yeah. Oh, oh right, I said, and and he said, by the way, you couldn't lend me ten dollars, could you? <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I thought, but we've just met, and as you know, something he never paid it back to me. <laughs> he was well known for you know voting, as they used to say, um, of uh, you know new radio announcers and stuff. But that that was my first job, and he he was a tyrant. Yeah, he, uh, David Mann will tell you this. Um, I he, he used to ring me because I'd finished my shift. Uh, I, I did the breakfast show. Oh no, he did the breakfast show, and he uh, no, I did the breakfast show, and he did mornings, right? And he'd come in of a morning, and the ashtray had better be empty because I got a call when I got home uh, to my first wife, and um, it'd be Bill saying, "Come back here and empty this ashtray." I said, "But Mister," he said, "Come back here and empty this." Uh, insert expletive there, look, ashtray. And I couldn't say anything, so I, I had to say to my first wife, uh, I've got to go back to the station. She said, why? Do they want to sack you? I said, no, I've got to empty the ashtray. And um, basically, that's the story that David Mann tells every young announcer that, you know, his experience with me. Uh, I don't know whether David smoked in the early days when he was panel operating for me, but... Uh, but I, I did the same thing to him. Is <laughs> and, that right? Yeah, mind <laughs> you, I don't, I don't think he lived all that far away. But I just said to him, "Then look, you, you leave the studio the way you find it, yep. and you will find it absolutely spotlessly clean, even though it stunk of cigarette smoke." <laughs> uh, but and that's the way I like you know, my studios to be. But um, so there, so that was my introduction to radio. Then I, and Bill made me promise that I'd stay at 2GN for at least 12 months. And you know what I'm like about contracts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm not Machiavellian about it, by the way. There is one person who is a bit Machiavellian about his career, but I'll save that for another day when he's gone or I'm gone. Fair enough. Uh, But anyway, and I think you know who I'm talking about. Mm. Now, uh, and look up Machiavellian, spelt with an M-A-C-H. yes. Was it? Where was I? That's right. And I said, yeah, sure, sure. But $39 a week, Simon. And I thought, oh, my God. And we the flat in, in uh, Goulburn was costing Barbara, my first wife. I don't know where she is. She may be dead. I don't know. Um, it was costing us $15 a week for rent. And that was sort of almost half my, half my salary. Yeah. 
and it's amazing. Um, Cecile and I are renting, and it's almost half. Well, I don't earn a salary anymore, but um, it's quite incredible. So I, I uh, sent off a secret audition to two uh, CA Canberra, uh, just down the road from Goulburn, and uh, they they uh, they said, yes, yeah, oh, yes, you can come down here, and I immediately doubled my salary. To I think about seventy eight dollars, and I thought I was the richest guy in radio, and that's when I bought my first Merc. Oh, nice! Second hand one, nineteen sixty four model, but it was my first Merc. So, <laughs> so I stayed there for uh, I guess twelve months, and then you, it's a it's a matter of sending off tapes. You know, yes. I don't know whether you ever did, but I, I used to. I, so I sent one to three AW, and uh, I think. Oh, I think Dennis Gibbons was there, and he he remembered me, and he thought I was a pretty good, you know, student or pupil of his radio school. And he, I, I don't know who he recommended me to, but uh, so I got the call. And uh, by that time, I'd, my first wife had left me because she was sick of the thirty nine dollars a week, <laughs> um, and we were com- we were becoming a three income family. The, 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 Two I earned and the three she spent. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> uh, so she came back to Melbourne, and that's that's where I met Cecile, and uh, um, and she's turned out a bit. <laughs> she's turned about the out a bit the same, I think. But uh, <laughs> I say that jokingly. I never say it in within earshot of us. I mean, no. that's very important thing no. to remember. No, because you want to live. You've worked hard at staying alive. So. Well, well, exactly right. And and you know, um, the secret to a long and happy marriage, Simon. No. She goes her way, you go her way, and I'd like you, you and Chris, to remember that. How long have you guys been married? Uh, we, uh, no, well, nineteen ninety. Well, well, look, we've separated, so, uh, so, oh. yeah. Um, what but was it? there were divorce in between, was there? Or no, 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 no. no we we uh, got together in. Um, we got married in March nineteen ninety five, and we separated earlier this year. So, uh, so I, I, I consider that successful. 20, 28 years is a, a good marriage and with four kids we've got two grandkids and none of them are in jail so I, th- I think we did well so did I hear you right did you say you're separated yes we have yes yeah oh I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that I mean it's it's uh, I mean it's not death which is the ultimate separation but uh, oh that's always sad to hear because she was I mean you know she was a lovely girl. Oh, look, she she is, and we we uh, still and get along. We still get along very well, and uh, and it's all nice. We've just uh, realised basically that we'd come to the end of our journey together. Uh, it it was yeah. no longer working as we wanted well, it to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and, and since the day that we made that uh, agreement that we would separate, we've not had a fight since. So it's it's uh, well, it's it's been a a happy separation if there is yeah, such a thing. Am I the first person to find this out on air? Oh, no, no, I've, I've mentioned it once or twice, yeah. But, oh, have you? Yeah. Right, I wasn't listening at the time, obviously, mm. so I'm a, I do apologise if I've put you through that, that, that experience oh, again. But no, 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 anyway. I'm, I'm shocked and horrified to hear that you don't hear every word I ever say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, as, as I've pointed out, you know, when I, nothing's forever. Nothing's no, exactly, forever. yeah. I mean, and uh, there's a lot of criticism of me leaving um, 3AW so suddenly. But do you, do you know something? I think I got conned back then. Yeah. I think I got conned by the late Brian White yes. and the late Kerry Packer. And I think I've told you this story before. I think Brian White um, – well, I think Kerry and Brian conspired 
to sink the good ship 3AW breakfast. Mm. And to do that, you I had to get rid of one of the um, one of the partners. Divide and, and conquer. Divide and conquer. I must remember that. Can I write that down? Yeah, divide please. And yeah, Go for thank it. you. Um, but I think Brian said to Kerry, and I don't know how the conversation went. Look, he said, I know them both and I'll get one of them. Don't you worry about that. And, you know, one without the other is like peaches without creams, like mm. bacon without eggs. And, and uh, that, that will be the end of 3AW breakfast. And that was their biggest um, problem. They um, they had the three AW breakfast session, which was rating its socks off, Simon. Yes, yes. Um, a bit like uh, Ross and Russ, or was it Russ and Ross? Yeah, I, I, uh, I call them Russell for short. Yeah, that's right. Um, so um, I so he approached me. He said, "You want, do, you know how he talked out of the side of his mouth?" I I sort of do it. I don't I don't have a choice now. <laughs> I all the surgery I've had on my my lips. But he said, do you want to come over to CBC with me, John? I said, oh, yes. Because I actually worship the ground Brian worked on. Mm. And there's another thing. Never indulge in, uh, I don't know, boy, uh, what's okay, mis- misplaced loyalty. So, yeah. But I just signed a contract. He said, I don't worry about that. Kerry and I look after you. Um, and I thought, well, okay, yeah, all right, I will. And uh so that's what I did because I'd walk over broken, you know, glass for Brian. Well, Brian had had such a reputation. Like he was the one who partnered you with Bruce in the first place. He he heard well, yeah. he heard you uh, you got Bruce on to do Norman Banks impersonations yeah, because Norman had right. recently retired, and yeah. uh, and he dragged you both in and said, "I think there's something here. Let's yeah. let's work on it." Yeah. So yeah. he he put you together, and he he was a gifted programmer, a, a, a talented oh, radio oh, man. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, a bit of a snake in the grass, as it turns out, because he, he uh, that's what I meant by Machiavellian. He, you know, he wanted to please Kerry Packer and at any price. Mm. So, um, and I, when I said yes, it was like, you know, it was like uh, the second coming. And um, so I went over, um, but he said, you can't tell anybody because, um, you know, nobody knows what our plans are. So I had to make up this cock and bull story, how's you know what, you know, tired and all that sort of uh, business. Yes. Um, and you know, washed up or not washed up, well, you know, you know, just burnt out. Yep. And um, so I left, and um, but, and you know that was probably the worst decision I've ever made in my life. And poor old Bruce was left with with nobody. Um, at the end of the day, so I've apologised to Bruce since. Um. And uh, so, so that's what. But that that is the thing you see. You, you just. You, I don't know whether there's somebody that's your hero there at Three AW, but whoever they are, they're gonna. <laughs> they're going to burn you. No, but, they're going to ruin you. They're going to sneak up on you. But look, it is, it is that thing, isn't it? When you look at, as I say, Brian uh, Brian uh, was running 3AW for good reason. He was uh, he, he, he gifted journalist in his own right and a broadcaster. Yes. He had paired you and and, uh, yes. and, uh, and Bruce together. Um, he was overseeing Hinch doing so well in the morning slot. So when right. And so when, you, when you've got a, a programmer like Brian White and the backing yes. of Kerry Packer, you yes, tend to think, okay, yeah. this is going to be big, and yes, of course yes. you should be a part of it. it yes, I, well, I, that's right. And I thought, and sorry to interrupt, Simon. I thought 
Well, that's 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 just a sort of marriage made in heaven when you think about it. Because yeah. I was doing Saturday, and I, you, you can't work for two bosses. I mean, you know, you can't. I mean, because CBC was going up against three um, AW. That's and I right. Thought, and, and I thought, oh, that's that's there's an upside to this. So I'll be I'll just have one boss, and that'll be Kerry Fact or two bosses actually, Kerry and and Brian. So it all made sense to me, but oh, Cecile was unhappy. Mm. A whole lot of people were unhappy, including the listeners. And uh, so, uh, as I said, that's probably one of the worst decisions I I ever made. And the the Hinch uh, Hinch <laughs> um, the Hinch uh, diatribe when uh, after I left. Yes. Hang on, Cecile's just walked into the room. <laughs> I'm on the phone to Simon Simon Owens. I was expecting to. <laughs> emails from you and I haven't got them. Well, because Simon phoned and Simon takes priority over you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, darling. Where was I? What was I saying? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, But, you know, no, Cecile was really cross with me. She said, why are you doing this? I said, because, you know, Brian, you know, Kerry, you know, so so it all went pear-shaped. Oh, that's right. And then, then Darren, uh, I, I had to make up some bloody cock and bull story about when when um, when Brian left three AW had lost its soul. Yes, and we all remember what Darren said, and um, I got quite a a uh, good settlement out of uh, a, out of three AW <laughs> because it was just it was just bullying. But anyway, so anyway, back to you. Um, yes, so uh, so CBC didn't last all that long. Um, oh, about six months, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, six six to twelve months, and uh, I got uh, I was up in Noosa um, on holidays with Cecile and um, Tiffany and all of that sort of stuff, and word came through that uh, I'd been given the the Tijuana, as they say, and. Um, I thought, gee, well, that didn't last long, did it? Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I sort of basically, I was shocked and dismayed, but in a way, half expecting it because the ratings were just. I mean, the the, 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 the guy at Flinders Street Station had more listeners than me. Mm. Um, so, uh, so that all turned pear shaped. But I managed to get a job at Three um, UZ. Three UZ um, with uh, with Ian Cover, I think was uh, Ian Cover. Yes, yes, and then he had another job with the Could Have Been Champions. Yes, uh, which he did. Used, I used it on the weekends, of course. And then R three AK came back in, onto the scene. Was Wilbur with you on? Um, Wilbur, oh, Wilbur took over yeah, from no, Ian. We, no, yeah, no, he was. Uh, no, that's right, that's right. And they hired Wilbur. Um, because I suggested Will, because he and I, you know, got on and I had Saturday. So we worked together for 18 months. I worked with Covey for 18 months and then with Wilbur for 18 months. And then they sacked both of us. And uh, But uh, but there was no angst there. There was no, uh, no vitriol um, um, between Wilbur and I, but uh, it was between the... Um, the late Clyde Simpson, do you remember him? Yes, I remember Clyde. I don't know whether he's still alive. No, he's, he's passed, sadly, quite yes. a few years ago now. But the thing is, Simon, you'll learn, you'll learn this, and if you haven't already, you know, when, when you're working in radio, 
you, you can't make friends. You just make acquaintances and you just make on-air partners and you just and you have lots of laughs and you, you, and lots of funny times and good times and bad times. But at the end of the day, it all turns to crap. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's been my experience. Well, anyway. and that's fair enough too. I've I've had a I've had a fairly good run, I have to say. But uh, yes, you it, had a, you've had a it, very good run, my friend. Well, it, it took and me twenty five years before I got fired, so uh, that was oh, something. Oh, we'll see. There you go. Twenty two, I, I, I think. Yeah. You know, you and David Mann hold the record for being the longest-serving three AW employees. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> well, you, actually, you know, you know who's the longest-serving uh, person at three AW consistently? Dorothy Finger. <laughs> no, <laughs> Malcolm Stewart. No, oh, well, yes. Malcolm yes, Stewart but, but, started doing crosses to three AW breakfast from yes. England from yes. uh, in 1971. And he's still going That's today. Right. That's right. And I remember we used to play there'll always be an England. England. Yes. While there's and you know the, the next line that that, that comes, I, I would deliberately pull it out <laughs> halfway through that word. <laughs> I, only, I, I only did it once and I did it off air. Yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah, but you're right. But I mean, and 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 he's made a fortune out of three AW because he used to do me and Bruce in the morning, mm-hmm. and I think he did drive, didn't he? Yeah, yep, and has done so for many many years. So, uh, so here's so the here's the longest serving, second longest serving, uh, constant contributor would be Paul Harris. Uh, who started doing yes. movies with uh, with Paul Barber on Drive in the uh, late uh, in the late nineteen eighties? I think it was. Yes, uh, it was with Paul Barber, I'm sure. Um, and then he's uh, and, and still going today. But in terms yes. of full time staff, um, Darren James came and and, and went because uh, yes. he, he was there in the late nineteen eighties, getting his start with um, uh, sorry, late nineteen seventies, I think, starting. With three uh, AW football as a as a, a tech, and then was your panel yeah. op and and all of that. But he he left when he and Bruce got flung at the at uh, nineteen eighty nine, yeah. and, yes. and went to AK. Then he went to Double T. Then he came back in ninety two. So yeah. other than his three year uh, break, uh, Darren's been there pretty constantly. Uh, yes, and the has. boss and, and, the and, boss and, Stephen and, Beers. And, and who? Oh, who? The boss, Stephen Beers, I think, started in the early eighties or late oh, mid eighties or something. He was, he, was, he was the head tech or something. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, as an engineer, yeah. yes. Yeah, but but just remember, you guys, uh, all those guys that mentioned, everybody get everybody gets flung sooner or later, mm. um, and you know, you just count yourself lucky. You've got you've got a, still got a job in radio because um, everybody gets flung. It's there's no disgrace in it. Uh, and uh, and you're only as good as your last rating. That's right. And that's one of the reasons why you know a couple of the names there got 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 flung because Bruce and I were holding sway. And and the only the only radio station we feared back then was Three KZ as far as breakfast went, with Peter Meehan and Liz. Um, it's probably before your time, I think, Simon. Yeah, no, no. Pete, Pete and Liz on Three KZ were Pete, yeah, I, Pete and Liz. They they ruined a, a run that Bruce and I had there one year. 
big. They beat us by half a percentage point. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I saw Peter, I said, you, you bastard. You, you know, you, you're a mongrel. He said, what, why? He said, I said, because without that half point win that you and Liz had in the last survey, we would have had, you know, won another year in straight sets because I don't know what we were doing that was, you know, so, so popular, but, uh, a bit like a bit, a bit like uh, Russell and Russell, um, they um, they they they're putting together. Do you know that format that they do? Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, we all had a summit meeting at three uh, AW in a hotel room somewhere, and uh, we all we, we we put together the breakfast show with two sports segments at six twenty five and seven twenty five, and uh, someone came up with a bright idea of why don't we start Darren a half an hour earlier. Yes, um, uh, that was Darren's idea. I'm sorry. Th- that was Darren. That was Darren's the, idea. I'm led to believe. Darren or Darren? No, D- Dar- Darren Hinch. Uh, oh, he- Darren. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the other. Other. Yeah. No. no Hin- yeah. Hinch said he he wanted yeah. to get a jump on uh, on any opposition by starting at eight thirty instead of nine. Yeah, and I think it might have been. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. It might have been Bert Newton. Because Darren was up against Bert. That's right, yeah. And Bert used to start at 9 o'clock, as megastars do. Uh, But the thing is, I thought Darren probably thought, you know, get a half. And he used to enjoy doing that half hour. He said, if I could just do that half hour every day, I'd be a happy man. Yeah. I could just go home at 9 o'clock. But um, but so so we developed that format uh, way back in the early, oh, God only knows, early 80s or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, so that's one thing I did right. <laughs> yeah. No. It, it's a. It's been a winning formula ever since. Exactly. Historically, three AW had only ever hit number one once uh, prior to nineteen eighty one, and that was in nineteen seventy one. The station came in at number one for one survey only, and it was more of a glitch than anything else than yes. uh, than any brilliant programming. Um, and then it was at 1981 that 3AW became number one again, and that was with Hinch in uh, mornings, you and Bruce in breakfast, yeah. And um, I, I think Mark Day Drive, Muriel that's Cooper right. afternoons, yes, Muriel Cooper afternoons, that's right. Yeah. Yep, and that and yeah. that really was uh, with Ash Wednesday was a, a, a yep. big part of uh, the audience yep. discovering the station as well, and yep. and it was that that led to effectively the success that the station is still enduring today. Yep. And I used to say, uh, when, when are you going to do breakfast? And I said, oh, well, well I've just got to wait for Ormsby to die, <laughs> uh, which he very conveniently did. So I got, I think I got breakfast and I did it with Paul Barber for a while. Yes. Until Paul said something, I don't know what it was, but he got the, the Kyber, uh, was uh, something dreadful. Uh, I, I can't remember what it was. And Paul's gone, of course. And then, so I, that was my. Oh, and then Peter Hitchener left. Yes, Peter Hitchener was uh, was yeah, he he left to to concentrate more on his uh, work at well, night. News service. Yes, and then, and then Goddamn, as we used to call him, that American guy we got in, John Radler. No, 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 no. We, no? He was the program director. Oh. And his name. Oh God, I can't forget it. I can't remember his name, but you, uh, but uh, anyway. Um, anyway, he, well, not he, not he, Mike he, Peterson. I, I don't know the nationalities of no, some Mike, of these people. No, no, Mike Peterson came uh, well after this guy. But anyway, someone someone very old will remember who I'm talking about. 
But so anyway, but that that was the thing. I was working with Paul Barber for a while, and then um, Paul said something and, and got the Kyber. So that's when I think that and um, he oh that's right. Peter Peter Hitchin left. Paul Barber took over breakfast. I think it's all it's all become very hazy now. Um, I'm reliving my life <laughs> talking to you here today, Simon. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, I I did I I often thank Peter. I said. Thanks, Pete, for leaving AW and concentrating on your news because it afforded me. Have you got a bird in there with you? Uh, I've, I've got um, – well, I'm doing this from home and I'm in a beautiful yes. area with lots of trees and there are birds around, yes. So oh, they, they right. occasionally bleed through. <laughs> that's because like, you keep feeding them. <laughs> um, uh, they're the only friend Simon's got now that Chris has left him. Yes. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes, so, yeah, so I often thank Peter. Uh, but then I think that's when Bruce, because uh, I was working with Bruce on um, uh, Celebrity Squares. That's right. And and uh, and Bruce was very good with impersonations, and it was at yes. that point that he you... Made, he made me laugh. He was one, one of the few people in on radio and television that made me laugh, Bruce. Yes. Um, so I said to him, would you like to come on each morning and do a Norman Banks impersonation? You know, and he, he said, would I? And and uh, so that's how our relationship um, started. And, we, gee, we had some fun times. Yeah. We, we did have some fun times. And then it just all turned to crap, as I said. Yeah. when uh, With uh, Paul Barber leaving and then Bruce coming, was there a time when Sam Lipsky was on with you? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, Sam, Sam was on. Yeah, Sam Lipsky, and are you still around, Sam? Um, not for, I think he just used to do commentary. Okay, I'm not yeah. too sure. I'm not too sure whether he did commentary or actual broadcasting or whatever. But um, but I've worked with all the greats, Simon. Yes, with one notable exception. He said it's, it's been a, a bumpy ride, and here I am, 76, um, and I'm about to talk to my. Um, you know when you tried to set this up, and I said, "Oh, I have to talk to my neurologist." Yes, you must have thought neurologist. Well, because the operations continue, and I recently had on my last year of my birthday a craniotomy. Uh, and you're going to say, "What's a craniotomy, John?" Yes, what's a craniotomy, John? Well, 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 Simon, <laughs> a craniotomy is a uh, a an SCC, a squamous cell carcinoma that grows inside your other SCC and it grows on your noggin. And, and I had, I was uh, my dermatologist and I can, I suggest in closing that uh, anybody listening, you must see a dermatologist at least four times a year. How often have you been to see your dermatologist, Simon Owens? No, no, I I had a skin check about uh, two years ago. Uh, get them four times a year, Simon. Yeah. Oh, seriously, yes. Yeah, because they just grow into either BCCs, which is a basal cell carcinoma, or the most deadly one, which is the squamous cell carcinoma. And uh, I had to have a craniotomy to cut out yet another SCC out of the crater that was left uh. from the time that they cut out my my, um, my I had my big operation. So... Um, don't, that one only lasted six hours, but I, evidently I had a couple of seizures while I was under anaesthetic, and it means um, it meant I couldn't drive for uh, six months. 
Wow. And um, I'm having a uh, – oh, isn't it fun? I mean, you know, nobody knows what you got. I'm having a telehealth conference with my uh, – I think he's my psycho – oh, my uh, – my, what did I say? My um, – your um, what's it called? The- oh, yeah, my, oh, I'm having yeah, neurologist, and uh, people always think, oh, he's got brain problems. Well, I think I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little little part of your brain that says, well, "Why don't you try radio, John?" <laughs> uh, but but it, he's just making sure that I'm all okay, um, and I've, so I better, as I said, I, I've had about they're very. Very thorough at the Alfred Hospital, as you would probably know, Simon. Yes. He's done many, many OBs there. Uh, but the craniotomy, I'll just give you a fun fact about that, fairly simple procedure. The Chinese were doing this operation as far back as 3000 BC. Wow. And what, what it involves is drilling a hole in your scone down to the brain. How they knew this, I don't know, and how they knew when to stop. I don't know, and and what they used as an anaesthetic, I have no idea. Rocks, yeah, rocks. So if you survived the the rock anaesthetic, um, they would get they would do surgery with sharpened stone instruments on you know whatever's left of your brain. But uh, but they there is um, look it up on Wikipedia. Wow, just look up it's spelled C R A N I. O T O M Y. It lasted about six hours, but uh, hopefully that's the last of uh, my surgeries. I hope so. The next one, the next one will be the the autopsy. Now your, your <laughs> <laughs> now now your conference is in a couple of minutes, isn't it? So, so uh, yes, it is. We yes. do. So you're we winding, do need. Are you winding me up, Simon? Well, uh, no, only because you've got to go. But the the whole purpose of this thing, the thing is called favourites, and so I've got to ask you some favourites. Otherwise, we've we've. Oh, yeah. right. So if if we've got a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll quickly throw a few favourites right. at you. Uh, okay, and my, I've got my wife on the back too, wanting a couple of things too. So all right. make it quick, we'll, Simon. We'll be quick. Uh, two minutes. Favourite cartoon character. Uh, the Roadrunner. I oh, love it. Favourite childhood bedtime story? Noddy and Big Ears. Yeah, lovely, excellent. Uh, favorite... not, that, not, not that my father ever read to me, but because I, I don't read, I'm not a big reader. Yeah. And so they decided not to read to me. It tends to go in one ear and out the other. Uh, fa- favourite dessert? Sorry, I'll, I'll, re- I'll rephrase that joke uh, just for Darren. Uh I don't read very much. It tends to go in one eye and out the other. Oh, okay. Very All good. Right. You'll, you'll hear that in some way again. <laughs> favourite dessert? Uh, um, favourite? Oh, the chocolate cookies, chocolate chip cookies you get at Woolworths. Oh, nice. They are lovely, yes. Yes. Um, favourite teacher? Miss Peach. Why? Now that she was no, that was her surname. Yeah, I had no idea what her Christian name was or given name. Sorry, I do apologise to the woke folk. Um, uh, her name was Miss Peach, and she was gorgeous. At least I think she was. Probably as ugly as sin, but uh, she uh, she would always get a student to go down to the shops to get her lunch. And she always, I thought, pick me, pick me, Miss Peach, Miss Peach, pick me. And she did one day, and oh my God, Miss Peach, she was to die for. Ah, lovely. School yeah. kid crush, love it. Uh, and yeah. last one before I let you go favourite friend? You, Simon. Oh, well. 
in reality. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, my favourite friend, and I apologise to. Uh, well, I've got lots of friends, but uh, I think Wilbur would be my favourite friend. If I killed somebody and I needed somebody to get, you know, to help get me hide the body, or, you know, or yeah, hide the body, or yeah, I think Willie would say yes. Yeah, because uh, I, I, um. He's been with me, as I said, through thick and thin, mainly thin. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, 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 and you, know, you know the worst part about being everybody's best? A, a friend in need is an absolute pain in the backside. <laughs> oh, wonderful words to end on. John Blackman, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me. My pleasure, Simon, and good luck with your career, my friend. I've always admired you. Anyone oh. who works as hard as you do can't be all bad. Well, it was, it was the you, you were one of my inspirations for getting into the industry, so I have to thank you in turn. So thank you. All right, mate. Thank so you, mate. Finished. Okay. Take care. You, Cheers. Bye.